Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, January 25th, 2021. We are inching closer to the second and final signing day of the 2021 period. That will be a week from this coming Wednesday. So once again, since there's been very quiet, not a lot of things going on, normally on Monday, I tell you the recruiting rankings. Well, we're going to skip that once again this week, uh, like I said, because there's not much going on. There was a couple of notes on the recruiting side of things, though, uh, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But we're going to start off on the coaching side of things because there were some pretty big things going on, uh, specifically with two teams and a third team, uh, you know, obviously did a little bit of something as well. But we'll start off with that big rivalry, that Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, and Jim Harbaugh has continued to alter his staff. Uh, You've seen this previously at different places. When a coach goes through a little rough patch and realizes, you know, some of these coaches just aren't doing their job, aren't working right for me, and I need to make a change. Uh, Obviously, Jim Harbaugh got that extension. Uh, He's going to be around for another five more years. And so I think he thought this was more like a a reset on his Michigan tenure. Yeah, you're not going to be able to erase everything that happened these past six years. But what he can do is he can make a change going forward, and that's what he is trying to do because he made multiple moves this past weekend, and they were Sharon Moore uh, being promoted to the offensive uh, line coach slash co-offensive coordinator with Josh Gaddis. So that's an interesting move. That's an in-house move. That's a good move there, uh, giving him a little bit of more responsibility, but it leaves a big question mark around the former current, I don't know what to call him, Ed Warner. Uh, Warner came over uh, from multiple spots. At one point in time, he was Ohio State's offensive line coach. He had success there, but uh, during the the Urban Meyer transition, he left there and went over to Michigan. And you thought, oh, man, you know, like this one, uh, you know, it's a rivalry thing here. Michigan's been known to steal coaches. Ohio State's also been known to steal coaches from Michigan. We'll get into one of those stolen coaches in just a minute. However, now Warner's specific responsibilities have not been announced by Michigan. He is currently still on the staff. However, what it seems like is going to happen is he's going to be offered more of a uh, a non-coaching responsibility. And we'll see ultimately if Warner takes that and if he rides with it. But at the current moment, obviously, Moore is the new offensive line coach, and that puts a big question mark next to Warner's name. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, will he take more of a uh, responsibility as an analyst as opposed to an on-field coach? That seems like a demotion to me. I don't know if Ed Warner would want that. Who knows? We're still waiting to see what his response is to that. But at the current moment, he is still considered on the Michigan staff, which is interesting. They made a big-time hire, though, as well. They hired Ron Bellamy as their wide receivers coach. Bellamy uh, is 
a former Wolverine. On top of that, one of his pupils, Donovan Edwards, the star running back, who I've mentioned multiple times in the past couple weeks on this podcast, his high school coach. And this is something that uh, I think makes a lot of sense for Jim Harbaugh. They've seen a lot of the top Michigan players leave the state. And Michigan's not a big-time hotbed for high school talent. But in order to keep that high school talent like Edwards is, you need to reach out and have that real good relationship with the high school coaching ranks. And I think this move, hiring Bellamy, is a move towards achieving that goal. So I think that that's an important one. Uh, I do think that, you know, giving him a little bit less responsibility, you know, focusing on one position group with the wide receivers. Uh, He was a former wide receiver himself. So uh, I think this is a a good move. I like it. I think that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh really has done a good job of changing this staff, kind of augmenting it to a little bit more modern staff. And we'll see if it pays off. And I'm very interested to see, to watch their spring game, because with all of these moves on the defensive side and on the offensive side, remember, new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, he's never been a coordinator calling plays ever. He's the linebackers coach for Harbaugh's brother, John, with the Baltimore Ravens. So this is something that's going to be new for McDonald. We'll see how this works. But what I do like is, is that he's going after younger coaches who have a lot of upside. And I like it. And so we'll see how it pays off. But I'm very interested to see, you know, come the spring, hopefully we do have spring games again, and see how Michigan does in that spring game. See if there's a little difference. See if there's a little bit more juice to the program. But I like it. Unfortunately for Ohio State, like I said earlier, the back and forth between Ohio State and Michigan hiring coaches, one of them was Greg Madison. A couple years ago, defected from the Wolverines to be the co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Well, Madison has opted to retire. He will do it at the end of this month, so in just a few days. And so Ohio State and Ryan Day will be looking for a new defensive coordinator. Now, the question is, is what are they? what kind of role is this defensive coordinator going to go with? Because Madison was the co-defensive coordinator with Kerry Combs. Are they going to hire another defensive coordinator to be a co-coordinator? Or are they going to hire just a position coach? That's really the big question in this situation. What's going to happen? Obviously, the Ohio State defense uh, had some struggles this past year. Uh, When you look at and see their defensive backfield, they've got a ton of talent back there. They didn't play up to their talent. Sean Wade definitely, you know, one Big Ten uh, corner of the year or defensive back of the year. Multiple first-team All-American, second-team All-American lists. Did he play up to those standards, or was that just because of his name and what he did in the past? We've seen a lot of awards go to players like that. And I thought that, you know, personally, I think Sean Wade is a, a very good player. I think that he really struggled when he was put out of the slot. He, he played in the slot a couple of years ago, uh, really uh, two years ago and the year before that. But this year he was put in the outside, and he really struggled. And so we'll see if Ryan Day opts to bring someone in who, who specifically works with the defensive backs. 
because that's what Kerry Combs did previously at Ohio State and previously with the Tennessee Titans. He was more of a defensive backs coach. He was able to focus more of his time on those players. But he didn't this year because he had more responsibility. So we'll see what happens with Ryan Day and how he ultimately ends up going with, uh, you know, how to replace Greg Madison. Purdue hired Brad Lambert as their co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. I like this move. And I like this move because of the, the fact that Lambert has a ton of experience. Lambert was a previous head coach at Charlotte. And, you know, what Jeff Brom really needs to do is focus on that defensive side of the ball. I don't think that offensively he's really had any issues. Uh, he's been able to develop quarterbacks. He's been able to uh, develop his wide receivers. Rondell Moore, David Bell. I think that their biggest downfall has been their defense. And hopefully this one helps. Hopefully this moves on. Because if it doesn't, I, I don't know how much longer Jeff Brom's going to be around. Remember, two years ago, Louisville, Brom's alma mater, went really hard after him. And Brom said no. Brom might have been waiting for a bigger school. If he continues the route that he's on at Purdue, he, those bigger schools aren't going to come after him. Scott Satterfield's over there. He's doing a pretty good job at Louisville. Now, granted, they, they've had some, you know, a couple rough years, but they're giving him an opportunity to build a program. I think Brom would have been given that opportunity as well. But Brom opted to stay at Purdue because I think he thought he was on the upward trajectory. And after last year, I don't know. I really don't know. We'll find out. He needs to start winning games again, though. And I think the hiring of Lambert is going towards that way. I really do. There is a lot of news coming out of Michigan this past weekend. Not only, obviously, the hiring of uh, Moore and Bellamy and the question mark surrounding Ed Warner, but... As we all know, COVID-19 is still rampant running through our country. And there was a variant in Europe. And unfortunately, due to a Michigan athlete uh, traveling out to Europe, has brought that variant back and brought that back to the university specifically. So the university on Saturday decided to shut things down for two weeks through the 7th of February. And this is uh, this is big. This is you know, this is something that uh, I thought, you know, it's odd that, uh, you know, that the universities opted for this. But I think because of the way that the, the, the surrounding areas are handling it, they're not really shutting down every, anything. They're just kind of going about, you know, their normal, the way that they've handled their COVID business. But I think this is interesting. I think this is something that we need to monitor because not only is Michigan having issues, Michigan State. Uh, they're not having a ton of issues. They had 15 positives and two staffers out of almost 900 tests. So that's pretty good out in East Lansing. But in Ann Arbor, they're definitely having issues. So they're going to be shut down through the 7th of February. And this is something definitely to monitor. All sports, not just the big sports. All sports at Michigan have been shut down. Like I said, there was a couple commitments inside the conference. And we'll start off with Iowa getting a commit in center Michael Mylinski. Uh, Mylinski, 6'2, 285 pounds. He had a solid offer list of Texas, Arkansas, Duke, Illinois, Maryland, Michigan State. Uh, I think this is a, 
a diamond in the rough type of commitment for Iowa. Uh, Mylinski is really ranked very low. Uh, he's ranked in the thousands, early thousands, but still in the thousands. When you have an offer list that includes Power 5 schools and not, no joke, not bad power five schools. You know, I, I understand, you know, if you've got, you know, some of your lower level power five schools, maybe. But I think Mylinski is very, very underrated, according to the recruiting services. So I think that Iowa is getting a good one. They traditionally have had some very good offensive linemen. Uh, if you watch the uh, AFC and NFC championship game, specifically the NFC championship game, Tristan Wirfs as a rookie. You don't hear his name getting called. And he's playing big-time minutes. He's a starter for Tampa Bay's offensive line. And for me, when you don't hear an offensive lineman's name being called out, that means they're doing their job. Because they're not getting beat. And Tristan Wirfs really did not get beat. And I think that has a lot to do with how he progressed in his career at Iowa. And so I think that Mylinski is a is a very solid commit for the Hawkeyes, and I think that going forward he's going to outperform his recruiting ranking. This one I think we all saw coming. Uh, Minnesota has lost a commitment from cornerback Avante Dickerson. When Dickerson did not opt to sign in the early period, I think this one was kind of like it's more a matter of when, not if Dickerson was going to decommit from the Gophers. Again, I'm not surprised at this one. Uh, unfortunately for Minnesota, the timing is bad for them because 10 days away from the second signing period, it gives it, it does give them a little bit of time. They are they might be scrambling just a little bit to fill Dickerson's spot. But nevertheless, uh, it is a, it's a tough blow for BJ Fleck because Dickerson was one of the highest rated commits in that class. And now they're going to have to find another defensive back or another player in general, to fill his spot. Purdue added a punter, an Aussie punter, in Jack Ansel. Uh, Ansel, again, uh, when you look at the landscape of punting right now, the Aussies own it. it they, they have a, a kicking school out there, and uh, I don't know the exact name of it, but they have a kicking school out in Australia that really, really teaches how to punt an American football. So remember, football out there, that it's not a it's it's not a sport that they play. They're rugby country. And so a lot of these young men, as opposed to playing American football, they play rugby. Football out there is soccer. That's why I'm saying American football. And the Aussies, they run the game right now. The punting game. If you look across college football, you look across the NFL, there's a lot of Australians out there doing their thing and doing it well. So nice little addition for Brom and Purdue with Jack Hansel. The Illini are getting former Notre Dame wide receiver slash running back Jafar Armstrong. Armstrong uh, really didn't make a big impact while he was in South Bend. Remember, I am a, I'm a, a writer for... Uh, the USA Today's College Wire Notre Dame site, Fighting Irish Wire. And I followed Armstrong, and I know what he is. And he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that is talented, but he just really never put it all together. 
of flip-flopping in his career, came in as a wide receiver, uh, ultimately really got a lot of run as a sophomore, as a running back, and performed fairly well there. Scored seven touchdowns, but he never found the end zone again. When Notre Dame flopped him back to a wide receiver, he just didn't see that same success. And so Armstrong will finish his career in Champaign with the Fighting Illini. Uh, Maryland adds a little bit of insurance at quarterback in VMI transfer Reese Udinsky. Udinsky uh, has the longest active streak in Division I football without throwing interception. Pretty nice little statistic. Uh, Tulia Tagoviola, as we all saw last year, uh, had a little bit of, uh, you know, he's injuries here and there, here and there. So, you know, for Mike Loxley to go out and, and, and grab a, a quarterback after Lance Legendry uh, has moved on as well, uh, he needed more bodies in his quarterback room. And Udinsky is a body. He's a guy that I don't know if we'll, we'll see much of him. I don't think that he's going to come in and assume a starting role, obviously, with Tango Viola there. But he's a guy that is a little bit of insurance. He's a guy that's going to bring in a little bit of experience as well, just in case. Remember, Tango Viola, he is, in my estimation, that there is no quarterback competition in College Park. Tango Viola will enter this coming season as the starter, the unquestioned starter. But if he has an injury, at least Mike Loxley will feel comfortable with his backup, knowing that his backup has a lot of experience and can still get the job done. Penn State wide receiver T.J. Jones has entered the transfer portal. The uh, second-year player uh, really didn't do too much at Penn State. So, uh, you know, this is not a huge loss. It's a depth loss. But uh, as for playing time, not a big-time loss for James Franklin and the Nittany Lions. Over to the basketball side of things. On Friday, there was a game played between Michigan and Purdue. And there's a lot of contention prior to the game because Purdue's one of their better players in Sasha Stefanovic, he tested positive for COVID-19. And both universities had multiple Sorry. conversations uh, about whether or not they needed to play the game. I think they should have held this one off. Yeah, Michigan went on to win. But look at what happened to their program on Saturday. They just shut everything down for two weeks. Uh, I think that this one might have been a lapse of judgment. Or both sides. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure as to why they opted to play this one. I think that they should have probably played it safe and not played. You had a guy that just tested positive. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because now, obviously, Michigan is uh, shutting things down for a couple weeks. And we'll see if uh, you know there's any ramifications with Purdue on that one as well. However, on Saturday, there was a couple of games that actually get got played. Uh, there was one game that uh, was postponed. Obviously, Michigan State still dealing with some COVID issues. So their game against the Fighting Illini was postponed. So that one uh, was a, a big-time matchup, although Michigan State has kind of struggled recently. Uh, however, there was a top-15 matchup where Ohio State went out to Wisconsin. I got a chance to watch this one. And Ohio State uh, pretty much held court this whole game. Wisconsin made a run towards the middle of the uh, second half, uh, something that Ohio State has had issues with. Ohio State has 
this year has gotten out to solid leads early on in games only to kind of see those leads dwindle away. And for Ohio State, for them to go out and get a a top 10 road win, that's a big time win. Uh, they are right now among the, they're, they're tied for the nation's lead in most wins over the top 15. It's impressive. It's very impressive for a team that has battled with uh, multiple injuries, uh, some sickness, uh, non-COVID-related sickness. Uh, I think that Chris Holtman has done a very, very good job. Uh, Greg Gard obviously uh, has a good team there in Wisconsin as well. They'll go back to the drawing board. I, I think that you know they they Dimitri Trice just didn't play like Dimitri Trice. He wasn't his 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 normal self, his same self. So uh, I think going forward, uh, you're probably looking at you know Trice probably getting back on track. Penn State. Uh, their little hiatus, I wouldn't say has helped them, but they've come back with a fury. Obviously, their their first quarter against the Illini in their first game back, they struggled. But since then, they've played some damn good basketball. Got a solid win over Northwestern, 81-78 to on Saturday. Uh, I don't think that Penn State's going to make the tournament, but I think Penn State's not a rollover team. I think they're very, very competitive. Maryland got a big-time win, upset win in the Quad Cities. The Gophers couldn't do much. Only scored 49 points in Maryland's upset, 63-49 to for the Terrapins. A nice little win for Maryland. And Rutgers, they're yo-yoing. They're up and down. However, they were up this time. And Indiana, also a yo-yo team. They're up and down. You don't know what Indiana team is going to show up. Well, Rutgers went in to Indiana, defeated the Hoosiers in Bloomington, 74 to 71, and uh, you know that that's something that uh, we we we've seen for both teams. They're up and down. Uh, Rutgers is at one point in time ranked in the top 25. Now they're out of it. Uh, Indiana, they've never been ranked in the top 25, but you know they've they've had some solid wins over the course of the season. And they're a lot up and down. But that's the Big Ten. That, that is really the Big Ten for you. So, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a difficult conference. It is a tough one. There's, there's not a lot of teams that are just going to roll over. Not a lot. No games on the slate today. I don't think there's any games on the slate for Tuesday as well. So, it'll be interesting. Uh, we will hear, you know, the, uh, the Big Ten Players of the Week come out today, later this afternoon. And then on top of that, you're also going to see the uh, – the polls being updated as well. So we'll definitely have some basketball news for you tomorrow morning. And that'll be it for me today on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. I'll go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.